0: Well, hey, hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 464. And today we're gonna be talking with a seven figure seller and he is going to reveal how he is launching new products and building brands in 2018. And his name is Mike Jackness. You guys may or may not remember him. He was on episode 219. He's a good friend of mine now. Uh, I met him at Sellers Summit, and uh, that's going back about, well, actually at the first one. So that's a couple years ago now. We've uh, stayed in touch. Uh, I've picked his brain a little bit here and there. Great guy, and he has a ton of knowledge, and he's got his hands in a bunch of different things, and he's building over I think three different brands right now and he'll tell us in this in this interview that I did with him but really it was a conversation that him and I were just kind of having because we haven't talked in a while and I wanted to get caught up on what he's been doing, uh, what he's been doing with his original seven figure brand and building that and scaling that but then also I knew he had some plans for a couple of new brands that he was starting from scratch and that's kind of what we go through here in this episode. So that's why I said we're gonna be talking about like Product selection a little bit, but then also launching and building brands and what he feels is the secret sauce moving forward in 2018 and beyond. Uh, now, episode 219, I had him on. We talked about email list building and Facebook ads. So if you want to check that out, I'll link that up in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, there will be some of those for you guys as well. If you want to head over to the amazing forward slash 464, transcripts, show notes, links, all that stuff will be over there. And one little reminder here, if you guys are brand new, especially listening to this episode, it can seem a little overwhelming because there's a lot of different things that we're going to be talking about. So what I've done here is I've actually broken this up into two parts because we covered so much. We covered you know, launching, we we uh, discussed product selection, we talked about funnels, we talked about a lot of different things, so what I wanted to do is break this up into two parts, we, we went on for about an hour and 20 minutes, so what I did is I broke this up into part one and then the following episode will be part two and we'll pick up where we left off in today's episode, I did want to remind you guys though, if you guys are starting from scratch, I would recommend that you head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, And there you will see the five-step process, the roadmap that we've recently used to launch a six-figure brand in under 12 months, which is also heading towards seven figures. So definitely go check that out at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and also look for part two of this episode I did with Mike Jackness. All right, so sit back, relax, enjoy this two-part podcast episode that I did with my good friend, Mr. Mike Jackness. Enjoy. Well, hey, Mike, what is up, my man? How's it going?
1: Uh, It's pretty good. We're recording this uh, right before Black Friday, so (laughs) it's a little bit crazy. I'm not sure when this episode will go out, but this is uh – Every marketer's uh, or e-commerce guy's dream this time of year, or uh, your your biggest nightmare, depending, depending on how you look at it. But I uh, I get excited, and it's uh, it's a fun time of year.
0: It, it really is, and uh, you know, I think uh, that's one thing that a lot of people say too. Is though to me, anyways, they're like Scott, you know, like I want to launch my business, but. Uh, I can't get in for fourth quarter and I'm like, Well, you know, fourth quarter will be here next year. But also, yeah. you know, business runs, you know, pretty much every every day, every month,
1: you know, every exactly. part of the year. And I but, don't think you want to start in the fourth quarter anyway. I think that getting started in the first quarter is probably actually better. Yeah. Uh to have you be more prepared uh, for the fourth quarter. Yeah. And
0: there's a lot of stuff you can be doing during the fourth quarter to get yourself prepped and get yourself ready and, and all that stuff. But yeah, what I, what I want to do here is I wanted to really get you back on um, and uh, and really just kind of catch up. Cause I mean, I think the last that I actually was hanging out with you, it was uh, gosh, I think it was at uh, Steve Chu's event. I think it was at sellers summit and uh, we both spoke at that event and uh, you were, you were talking about what you were doing with your, your, uh, one brand, uh, color it. And, uh, I just kind of wanted to get caught up on that stuff. I know you and I talked a little bit privately on the new brand that I recently launched and I kind of picked your brain there and I kind of want to just get caught up with what you're doing. I know you've got multiple projects going on before we do that though. I want to ask a question or maybe you can give people the answer to this. And this is on a total side note, but you had a pretty fun game at, at, uh, at Sellers summit. <laughs> if you recall, Mike, you're probably thinking, what's he talking about? the uber game can can, can <laughs> yeah. you lead us through that fun party game let's let, let's just kind of go through that and give people something they can take to the next party and be like a stud at the next party i thought that was a pretty incredible game so can you just tell us a little bit about that game
1: i'm not sure how it even really <laughs> totally got started but we were we were taking an uber uh to dinner and greg mercer was in the car or whatever and he had asked what my uber rating was i don't even know why he asked that and <laughs> I was like – I expected it when I opened it up to be like a 5.0 because I'm always super nice to the Uber drivers, and I I try to make sure that uh, that I'm out there on time. But I guess there's probably a couple times where there were some drunken Uber rides, and they probably don't appreciate that too much. (laughs) And I opened up – my Uber ride was like 4.4, and so that became like uh, – Gray was like asking everyone all night, "Who, if there's anyone less with a, lo- a lower Uber rating?" And and we could never find a lower Uber rating than mine. But then we started betting on <laughs> uh, trying to to guess a Dutch auction style, like everyone's Uber rating within uh, within the party that like the after party of the seller summit. And it, it got a little bit extreme. I'm embarrassed to talk about the <laughs> amounts we were betting at a certain point, but, uh, we, it was, it was a lot of fun and, uh, it, it worked out well for me because I was uh, on the right side uh, of the guessing game uh, most of the time.
0: Well, it, it was funny cause I got roped in, uh, cause I think one of you hollered over to me because you wanted to know my Uber score and I didn't have an Uber score.
1: Right,
0: so you, get, funny. you guys are like pass. you're no good. Let's get, yeah, you're like,
1: you're no good though. Let's get out of yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of <laughs> here.
0: So, so and then I just followed you guys around because I thought it was funny as heck to watch you guys um, battle it out. And it was literally PayPal to PayPal, uh, yeah. which what, is, what was really funny oh. is
1: that uh, th- I mean, there was a lot of people in the room that didn't really know us. And we're just like pointing to random people like, OK, let's pick this random person. <laughs> and then it, I would just like walk up to them, not even say hello, because we were we, we had been drinking and we were like all intensely into this bet and just be like we need you to come over here right now and like, get out your phone and like show us your Uber rating. People were just like, what the hell was going on right now? Like they were just, I wish we could have recorded the, like the looks on people's faces. Cause it was pretty damn funny. Well,
0: and I think, I, I, I think Steve will be okay with this, but I think you guys went over to his wife and his wife was like, oh gosh, I'm going to be fine or whatever. Uh, or, you know, you're like, I'm, I think we're going to be fine. I know exactly how she's going to be, but then she had just gotten like a negative Uber yeah. score or something. Wasn't that what it was?
1: She cost me like 500 bucks. It was brutal. <laughs>
0: All right. So on to more important things. But guys, that's a fun Uber that, that's a fun game playing with Uber, but you don't even have to necessarily take an Uber ride. But if you have in the past and you have a history, it's a fun game to kind of just start hitting people up at the party. But I thought that was uh that was a lot of fun and uh This is
1: why you have to come to Seller Summit or to these live events, right? <laughs> exactly. And this is what you learn. Like the most important thing is how it, to bet on Uber ratings.
0: It was hysterical. It was awesome. I had a blast. Um all right, on to more important things. So what's been happening, man? Like since we've last talked, which I think you and I talked privately a little bit um maybe around three months ago ish something something like that and um you know i just kind of want to get caught up like so what's been happening even just since seller summit like so what's been happening i know you had another brand i think you were just getting ready to launch you were doing like this pre-launch thing and a contest to build up the audience uh just kind of get me caught up like what's been happening
1: yeah i mean uh, forgive me for rambling here because this is going to take a while to, to get to get out but going back uh I guess it's been about a year and a month now when Amazon kind of lowered the boom hammer with the review game. Yep. Uh, it was a big wake up call for me. I would say that, that was probably one of the three most significant days in my e-commerce career. And and the reason for that is I, I've been in business for, for over 15 years for myself doing various things. And previously I was doing affiliate marketing and SEO was a big part of that. And I had been crushed by previous Google boom hammers in the past. And I mean, let me tell you, it is a really awful feeling when you wake up one morning and you're completely de-indexed from Google uh, and a business that you have that's making you $100,000 a month in profit is completely like obliterated overnight. It, it's, it, it's just a, it's a horrible feeling. And I'm the type of person that doesn't really let that bother them for too long. I, I move on and, and reinvent myself. But at the same time, I feel like making the same mistakes over and over again is pretty stupid mm-hmm. and there is ways to avoid that. I could have easily avoided that by taking a little bit harder and longer road. And it, there was never a day that was more clear to me than when Amazon kind of came out and said, we're, we're going to put an end to this. We're, we're, we're going to, we're capable of having wide sweeping bans on people, like getting rid of tens of thousands of sellers at a time uh, because we decide today is the day that we're going to stop, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I sat down with myself. Uh, it was a lonely conversation. I was just like, okay, how can I position myself over the next year or two uh, to, to not have to ever worry about this stuff? Like I'm going to hear a lot of interference of people that are going to try the new thing for today. You know, how to, how to game the review system today or how exactly. to game the rankings today or whatever yeah. that is. And largely just try to ignore that and, and not even listen to it. Cause it is, enticing, like, oh, especially when they're telling not. you that it's working. Yeah. Right. I mean, you hear, I just did X, Y, Z and my, you know, I'm so, but it, it, it's one of these things, again, it works until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, you go from, you know, a hundred percent to zero percent. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I've really been up to. And we can talk in detail yeah. about what that's meant. But yeah, that's I, I
0: absolutely, I absolutely do. And I I mean, I was intrigued just by your strategy in, in a pretty short, short while of time, like when you started a, a new brand, and we, we had you on and we talked about that and, uh, and, and kind of how you built that. And, and really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you really did uh, build that from kind of building up your email list and, and being able to, uh, you know, in in return, you know, market to that email list, but then also, if you want to, you can push traffic to Amazon if you want to, if you have a new release, if you want to get, you know, bestseller badge, like any of that stuff, you can still do that. Like, so was that like your thought process? I mean, in the beginning of, or is it still, is that like the, the thing that you're kind of like thinking to yourself, like, I need a leverage point that I could push a button and then uh, I could have an influx of sales, which we know that Amazon wants that. And some people would say, well, that's kind of gaming the system. No, it's you're giving them what they want. You're, you're giving them still money for for selling product through their platform. Um, let's talk to that real quick.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, basically, my thought process was because back when you could game the review system, let's say just where you were, you would just to yeah. remind people what that meant was you could throw something up on like snag, shatter, jump, send 99 percent off, like just give us a. Uh, your honest review uh, in exchange for, again, the discount. And there was all those crappy reviews. And let me tell you, man, like that worked. I mean, it was incredible. I could launch anything. And I mean, it was so easy. It was probably the easiest money uh, I had ever really made. It was was incredible how easy it was to launch products. And when I decided to stop doing that, I'm like, you know what? Like I want to be able to – to do that again. Like I want to be in the same position, but in a very white hat way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what that's meant. And yes, you're right. It's been building lists, but it's not just that. Uh, To me, it's, it starts all with like brand building, you know, Mm -hmm. having products that work well together uh, and building uh, an audience of people that are capable of buying more than one of your products. So uh, we stick with four different brands and all of those things are related to each other. And it's enticing and easy to, to find other products. Like I'm looking at a keyboard right now in front of me, obviously I could sell keyboards and I could sell a mouse or a mouse pad or whatever, but that doesn't really fit into any of the other things that I'm doing. So I try to make sure I stick to products that the, the same audience is going to, to buy over and over. Cause it, it is expensive to, to build a brand and to mm. build an audience, but we've worked really hard on that. Uh, and in addition to that, we also work very hard to legitimately develop five star products. Like we go out of our way uh, spend whatever it takes, or, or or not launch a product if we feel like it can't at least be a four and a half star product. But we really legitimately strive to have five star products. I mean, something when someone gets it, they're they're wowed by it immediately, and they continue to be wowed by it as they're using it, and that also really helps generate buzz uh, and and develop that brand, and also gets you to a point where when you launch a new product and you email them about it or, or give them a Facebook ad about it, that they're going to pretty much buy it without doing any research. Or just like, I want that product. It's got so-and-so, you know, let's just use color it as an example. It has their brand name, brand name on it. I trust them. I will buy whatever they release, like no matter what it is. they I, could, I think I could, uh, put chocolate around poop at this point and they would, they would buy it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it would only work once, but I mean, mm-hmm. we have that reputation now, as long as we can continue to deliver that high quality product, uh, they're going to continue to buy from us. And that's kind of our strategy. In a yeah. Nutshell. So,
0: okay. But going into the brand build, because that's one thing of saying that you could now do that, but the lead up to that point, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, that, that does take some time to get your products and your content in front of these people and that could be from them joining a giveaway or a contest of of some kind or a lead magnet of some kind, but then you following up with more content. Yes, sprinkling in an offer here and there, but making them aware and that could be through retargeting on Facebook and all that stuff. So is there anything like, that you could talk about like, because again, you, you already have the momentum, you, you're already started, you're already doing this stuff. And so am I. So it's kind of like, it's hard to kind of go back and say, all right, if I'm starting over, so if you're starting in a fresh brand, what is the strategy? Um, is there anything that I'm missing there as far as like getting people interested to raise their hand? And then from there, just giving them, you know, good content that makes them aware of your brand. And then when they do see something that crosses their their newsfeed or something, they're going to be like, oh, I know them. They, they, they've delivered content to me or they've given me value before. So I'm going to go with them.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great question. And it's something I can speak particularly to right now because we're actually launching two new brands right now. Like we're in the process of doing that right this minute. Um, Mostly because we run out of products to develop for the two brands that we already have. I mean, eventually you'll hit the end of the rainbow. There's only so many products for coloring as Mm -hmm. a, for instance. Um, So we've kind of hit that spot. We, We are still releasing some new products, but looking forward as we want to continue to to double our business every year. Cause that's the pace we've been on a uh, two to 300% growth per year. We had to look out into the future and realize that, you know, if we want to continue to double next year, we need another brand. We need, we need more products. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we're launching two new brands. One's in the, the tactical survival space, the other's in the baby space. And we are in the process of building that list right now. And, uh, we can definitely talk about that here. Uh, the strategies have been taking for that, uh, real quick. If, if you're interested in yeah, that, Yeah,
0: no, I, I definitely would. Let me ask you this quick question. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm asking myself this question. I'm sure other people will as well. Uh, okay. When you're, when you're rolling out these other brands, are you trying to also have a brand that could support the next brand and the next brand and the next brand, or are these totally independent?
1: They're, they're totally independent. If you can, do what you just said that's it's much preferred right mm-hmm. but we just we weren't really able to come up with those things for ourselves and and the niches that we were in i mean coloring we we looked at all the associated industries the the problem is like a lot of the brands we or things that we were looking at doing uh they're low value products okay. so you end up in a yeah. point where like the, the the price points were just were just too low for us to to make it make any sense you yeah, know stuff like arts and crafts supplies and stuff, uh, you know, typically things you'll see at Michael's or something, they were like three, four or $5. And that just doesn't work on Amazon.
0: Okay. Okay. So in, in the, I guess in the, in the best of, uh, of everything, it, it would be great to do that, but, um, you're not doing that right now because again, it, it does, it's going to require more work and the audience would actually have to definitely kind of like, uh, cross, you know, kind of like, you know, promote each other, but then have it make sense. You can't send like to your, your, the color, you, you aren't going to send them a tactical knife, right? No. Or, or yeah, uh, you know, it's
1: definitely a, completely disparate yeah. uh, and freestanding, which again is, is not preferred compared to what you were mentioning. If you could, right. if I could have had four brands that had an 80% audience overlap on each one, that would have been awesome, of but course. it just, it didn't work that way. The thing that we were most concerned about, uh, quite frankly, over everything else was, People that were passionate about the industry that we were going to get into and there's no more passionate people than people that just had a kid or that are into like their guns and survivalism. These are people that are like incredibly passionate about those niches. That was something that was important to us and we wanted something that had Facebook audiences that we could easily target. Um, Again, both of those things had that. Um, So I was more concerned with that than than even the audience overlap part, which again would have been nice, and we did look down that road, and they did have the audience overlap, and the passion just with coloring again all the all the related industries. There just wasn't. One of our our big rules is products that are over over ten dollars and preferably over twenty five. Uh, and it just, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. Yeah. Let me
0: ask you this. Cause I mean that you bring up a great, great point. I can totally see this. Like, so for in the baby space, if you're in the baby space, like you're passionate or, you know, a mom and a dad are passionate because they just had a new baby. They want to do everything right. They want to make sure they get all the best stuff. They're going to do their research, but they're very passionate about that. It's someone that they love and they care for all that right it makes sense the other one is tactical a lot of times tactical people are in there whether they're a prepper or whether they think the world's going to come to an end or they just they're just so like crazy passionate about that because it's a hobby of theirs, whatever but sometimes it could be survival or you know any of that stuff so I, i see that for coloring i wouldn't necessarily think that i can think someone's totally into coloring and like and we're talking adult coloring like but i wouldn't think it would be like as much of a passion for people that were having a baby or people that were as passionate that they think they're gonna the world's gonna come to an end. So I have to prep for that. Um is that is that true or or do you just think that there is a die hard fan base for for coloring and they would just go out there and they they like wake up and they think about it?
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's shocking. Um, but there definitely is that passion in in that space. Okay. Um people are sharing the stuff that they do like nonstop on on social media for us, and um, uh, unfortunately, I mean this is like kind of one of the sadder parts of our business. I mean, our average, you know, like avatar customer is an older woman that's probably widowed or or pretty lonely, um, and I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And we try to build that community to help with that for them. Uh, and it's actually, again, it's one of the sadder things, but it's also one of the things that makes me happy because we were able to kind of provide that for people. But in a lot of cases, you know, you, you end up, I mean, it sucks getting old. Like all of us are getting older, uh, and you get to a point where there's there's always so many activities you can do. You can't you're not going to go out running or hiking or play tennis anymore when you're when you're 70. So being able to to color when when you're kind of stuck at home or by yourself uh, is something people get very passionate about. And um, again, it's it's a little bit sad. Uh, that's yeah. something we didn't really know going into it, but we've found that uh, as we've gone on and. Uh, there's definitely a huge amount of passion with these people, uh, with what they do.
0: Now, let me ask you this really quickly before we do move on is like, and I think this is important for people to understand, uh, as, as far as building your brand and who your market is, but you know, you talked about some pretty specific things that you found out about your market. Why don't you speak to that really quickly? Like how did that come to be? I mean, I'm asking you as as the audience, I, I kind of know what you're going to say, but like what, what is that, uh. I guess, what is that process that you're going through that you're going to start pulling this stuff out and you call it your avatar. It's kind of like, it's our ideal customer that is going to be our, our customer that has a, uh, you know, a certain age, they have, you know, a certain, like you said, they're some of them, most of them are probably either widowed or by themselves. Like, how did you figure that stuff out?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, just, Facebook testing. I mean, that's like the mm-hmm. amazing thing about Facebook. Like, let's just say it, it doesn't matter what you're selling. Let, let's just say you're selling a widget, we'll take coloring out of it. You're going to have some initial thoughts on who might, who might want that product. I mean, uh, obviously there's people that there's audiences of like coloring or whatever, uh, people, let's say it's in the cooking space. You could do an interest of, of cooking. If it's the mm-hmm. tactical space, people that are in the camping or survivalism, there's obvious softball type audiences that you can always go after. Uh, but then you can, once you're kind of going after those audiences, you can then use something like ad espresso or even just Facebook ads manager and start split testing age groups and genders. I think that's one of the first things you really want to, you really want to test. Uh, I was definitely surprised that, uh, what ended up happening was it just, it was no matter how much we tried selling a coloring book to a 30 or 40 year old, it just, it doesn't work. So mm-hmm. we end up realizing that it was an older audience. Um, and so I mean we are going through the same process now for the tactical niches that we're in and and the baby niches, but Facebook is definitely the way to to get those answers and surprisingly cheap. I mean if you were to go out and and hire an agency to do this type of research for you, you could pay tens of thousands of dollars to, to get these answers. You can find out these these answers to your questions for a thousand dollars or less on Facebook, uh, especially if your patients and are willing to run ads with small amounts of budget over a longer period of time to, to make sure you're not getting any type of variance, uh, you can get the answer to that stuff relatively cheaply.
0: Yeah, no. And I think Facebook makes it really easy for us to do that. But like you said, patience is key. And, uh, and you're going to start to see, you know, like even you may even see that your audience is, uh, you know, something completely different than you, you know, kind of thought it was. And that's great. But again, it's by you putting out you know offers in front of these people but then also you're going to be able to see some of that demographic stuff just from them clicking through um so it's pretty powerful stuff so yeah i think and and now you're kind of tailoring your messaging and and your your content towards that avatar that mostly fits your brand and then then it's you know your conversions bump and, and all that fun stuff so i can't yep. i can't stress that enough it's that's huge huge for uh, for anyone that is thinking about like their market, their brand, um, and then from there how they can they can target them and and kind of really. Take the right message and align it to those people. I think it's it's huge. Um, yep. All right, so let's let's talk about this. Like now, you got a couple of new brands. We're kind of starting from scratch in a sense. Where did you start, and kind of like, what's the plan moving forward? What's the what's the template, I guess, that that you kind of are going by? That uh, you know, anything that you kind of plug in now is is really going to follow a certain formula in a sense.
1: Yep. So I mean, at the end of the day. And I've talked about this when I go present uh, at various conferences. I mean, we wake up with our number one goal being to do one of three things. It's to either get someone's email address, to get them pixeled, or to get them on one of our Facebook Messenger lists. And uh, I, I call getting all three of those the trifecta. So if we can if we can get all three of those pieces of information from somebody, we've we really won. It, it's hard to get all three, but we can typically get, get two, get one, get, mm-hmm. get at least two of those things. Sure. Um, and it's it's a different approach because three years ago when I was you – or know, four years ago when I was first getting started in e-commerce, the only thing I thought about was getting a sale. It's like how do I get a sale? And and now I've been able to back out realizing that the the real objective that I have is to get one of those other three things done and the sales will come. Uh, so now it's just a matter of, okay, with these new brands, how do I get them on – how do I get their email list or email address? How do I – get them on my Facebook chat bot and we use a few different approaches to that. Um, The one thing I'll say here real quick, I think it's really important uh, to not just take a one size fits all kind of approach where you hear someone like myself talking about this stuff and try to copy it verbatim because every niche is very different. And that's the thing that I've also uh, like I kind of suspected, but definitely really learned over Mm -hmm. now doing a brand that's in the coloring, one that's in the baby, one that's in the tactical, you have to take a completely different approach with every brand depending on what you're selling, what you have to offer, um, if you have repeat customer ability, what your margins are. You have to like kind of sit down and think a little bit intelligently on your own about what your approach is going to be and make sure that you've mapped out the whole puzzle and, and process before just kind of like, okay, I, I'm going to go get people's email addresses and not really thinking about what that means because – certain emails are going to be way more valuable than others and if you aren't if you don't have a plan to get them all the way through a funnel then you're just wasting your money right so throw that out to begin with yeah and
0: and i think i mean also and and, i mean just correct me if i'm wrong but you're also probably looking at it as is your is the market that you're going after worthy of content yes like if it's if it's not then how do i give them resources? How do I create tutorials? How do I, you know, how can I help them other than just showing them my product? Right. So I think that's a big one um, that you have to understand and you have to decide if going into that market. Now, let me ask you this though, before we do move on. So are you at all thinking product at this time, at this point in time, as you're coming up with this idea, like where does it, like you came up with like, this is a passionate group. We know that there's buyers here. um, But is there any Any thought at this point at what products or different products that you're going to sell to this market?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and the way that we do that, it's actually pretty clever. Um, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this yet, but uh, maybe you have. Uh, What we basically do is like – obviously, we know we're going into a niche. Like let's say it's just tactical as a for instance – um, so obviously as we're, we're working on, on multiple pieces of this at a time, there's like a lot of things that are happening concurrently, but like one of the things that we're, we're working on is like, what products are we going to develop as you're, as you're kind of asking here. So yeah. at, at the same time as we're collecting email addresses and, and getting people subscribed and we're writing content in this niche, we also are like, okay, what products do we go after? Uh, and it's a different approach than I used to take. Cause I used to take an approach of just kind of going the jungle scout and, uh, and doing that, which works just fine. But I also want to make sure that the products the, – the the emails that I'm collecting and the audience I'm building are going to respond to an eventual product that I bring out, bring out and that I have a much higher chance of success. So mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll just go to like AliExpress and I'll find a product that's 80% or 90% like the product I plan on developing and then marketing that product to my list at a price point that's close to what I envision launching a product at – and just putting together like a ClickFunnels type uh, scenario uh, where I'll market that product to them, and then I just fulfill it uh, through AliExpress, and and then I have my answer. It's like okay, well, I put together an offer for this widget. I think it's going to respond well to this to this tactical audience. Uh, if I make a bunch of sales, I know I'm on the right track, and I can develop that product and have a very successful launch. And if it if it completely crashes and burns, I've put nothing but a couple hours of my time into it, and I haven't brought in a thirty, forty, $50,000 first order of a product that's just going to sit around in my warehouse and, and not be successful.
0: So, okay. So let me understand this, right? So you're actually creating like a little sales funnel. Are you driving then traffic to that for a product sale, or are you getting the email address for some type of contest? And then on the thank you page or on something like that, then you would make them an offer.
1: I, I sent it to my list that I built to that point, no matter how I've gotten them. Okay, so I okay. get them from multiple different angles, but I just want to see if, if I advertise this product, let's again let's just say it's a widget that people might think it's worth fifty bucks, you can buy it on AliExpress for ten. Mm-hmm. I can say get it for eighty percent off today only for fifteen dollars or whatever it might be. I'm just throwing out random sure, numbers. Sure. Um, and, and see what happens. And if they if they buy it. and and they buy it in volume, then I know that I'm on the right track and then I can go develop that product.
0: And so do you buy a small order and have it shipped to you right off the bat? Or do you just wait until they buy and then you just buy as many as you need on AliExpress?
1: I literally just fulfill it through AliExpress. I go click funnels to uh, orderlytics and it just does it automatically. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, I I have heard that. I haven't heard it talked about much, but I have heard that. um, And uh, it's a great strategy. I, I think it's a great strategy because really the risk is really low, (laughs) you know, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're able, and you could do that with like 10, 15, 20 different products until you find one that might hit.
1: Right. Yep. Um, Yeah. I mean, we've had pretty high success, um, with finding ones that we think are going to be, but there's been a couple of ones that just have flopped that I probably would have brought them in uh, and it would have been, so, you know, and we've had a good success. We, we basically have been at like 85% through our, nice. our journey here, uh, success rate, which is, is phenomenal. And I, I just say that y'all you gotta do is be 51% or better, right? As long That's as you're, right. uh, slowly incrementally adding more good products. But I think we can get that up to like 95% now and, and really minimize the failures. And it's just, as we continue to grow again, I mean, as we're doubling every year, uh, we'll do eight figures next year, most likely, uh, the stakes get higher and the cash flow game uh becomes just more strategic, right? So I mean we don't if we can get ninety five percent success rate, it just allows us to grow that much easier. And we also the other thing that we've been working on is just higher margin products. We've um we've we've increased the margin that we're looking for across the board as well because that, that helps as well with the, the cash flow and growth.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So now, all right. If you take that, let I'm just trying to think of the funnel that you would build for that, like in click funnels, whatever, whatever platform you want to use, but like, so what does that look like for you to kind of present them with an offer that you think that they might be interested in? And then like, I mean, how basic is it or how elaborate is it?
1: Uh, I would say it's kind of in the middle. Uh, it it's, it's basic from the perspective of, I would say it's in the middle. It's not, it's not elaborate. I mean, it, we we don't just take a default ClickFunnels page and throw one image sure. in there and say we're done. We we put some effort into the imagery and making sure it's a good looking page. Uh, we also put effort into some upsells because we want to see uh, if, will people buy more than one. So one of the upsells we offer is buy more of this widget uh, f- for a little bit less, you know, even a bigger discount. See if they'll take us up on that, um, and also some cross-sells. So, you know, widget B and C will be other upsell offers we will present again, all AliExpress products uh, if when you're first getting started uh, and seeing what products work well together. Because, I mean, the reality is, is that where the real money is made is on upsells. Sure. Uh, in, um, and we also want to make sure that the, the whole strategy for all this is, is to have a way to launch products on Amazon as well. So mm. uh, that's where the whole thing came to be uh, to, to begin with. So what we'll do once we do get the product and instead of selling it directly in ClickFunnels, we'll we'll send them to our Amazon page and say, go buy this product over here.
0: Okay. No, look, let me ask you this. I got, I think I got two questions here. <laughs> I got a lot of questions <laughs> uh, because I, I want to lead people through it. I mean, I can kind of imagine this, but I kind of want to lead people through this. So let's just say like I, I'm in the new brand. I think it's going to be a great, uh, you know, market, whatever. But we're now what we're going to do is we're going to, we're, we're building the list with just giveaways, contests, lead magnets, however we're doing it. doesn't really matter at this point, but we have a list and now I'm ready to send them to um, you know a product that I think will work well in that space. First question, how do I even get that one idea to possibly give them a product? Am I just kind of like belonging to other groups and seeing what people are talking about? Do I go to Amazon and do I start there and see what are some of the hotter products? Like where does that even idea come from?
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, it's been the same research methods we've been doing for for quite a while, uh, and a lot of it does, quite honestly, stem from Jungle Scout. It is it is a great software. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps you, you know, if if it's the tactical niche, you can start typing in obvious keywords and and just kind of hunting and pecking around. And we do our research to find all the same things that that you probably teach and talk about. I've I've definitely heard you talk about it, but like you want. Your products that have, uh, you know, certain sales volume and and that don't have a whole ton of reviews and yep. their their listings kind of suck and yep. all these things where you can but now we have this extra benefit of having this outside white hat traffic to also drive it as well. So we're we're going to go out and find products that that are right for the taking kind of thing, which gets harder and harder now because like I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing doing the same kind of thing. Um, but we're, we're getting a little bit more brazen and going into higher, like more competitive things where people would normally stay away because we feel like we have an upper hand with all this extra uh, traffic that we can send.
0: Okay. So, all right. And that makes total sense. And so you do have some ideas of products, and you're getting that from Amazon because eventually you will be launching products there. So not, that, that was going to be one of my other questions: is we want to make sure that if we do even launch there, that there's a good you know demand there for the product. Even if there wasn't, though, we could because who knows? Maybe it just hasn't been established there yet. But for the most part, if we can at least get some proof that, you know, if we get it there, we rank it well, we will be able to get some sales, that's bonus as well. Um, So lead me through that then. So, okay, we we got this one product we think we're going to try. We found it on AliExpress. Even if we buy it on AliExpress for more than we're going to be able to source it for, it doesn't matter at this point. We're just trying to test and validate. So... What do you do then? You just, you you fire up a Facebook ad, you go ahead, you target who you think is going to be your target because we don't really know our avatar 100% yet because we haven't been in this market that long. So then we go ahead, we start running a Facebook ad campaign. What kind of budget are we talking about to even get things started?
1: Yeah, so we're not, just one thing I want to make clear here, we don't run a Facebook ad to that product page that we're trying to sell. We only email market to the people we've already gotten their email addresses from. So we, that's always the first step for us is to get people's email addresses or to get them on a many chat list. And then when we're ready to, to do that test, we just email that list or mm-hmm. or message that list. And okay. yep. we aren't running face like direct response Facebook ads to the product, although you certainly could do that. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just that um, for us we want to be we want to know that we have an email list that's going to respond at the time that we're going to need it. And and Facebook ads don't necessarily provide that one-to-one relationship. Uh, you can't be sure that uh you can send Facebook traffic directly to a a landing page with a coupon or directly to Amazon or however you end up doing that and and knowing that at the moment that you need to get those sales, that they're going to be there. Cause to me, the the crucial part is like the first like 21 days of when you first launch the product on Amazon. And we're trying to drive a subs, a substantial amount of consistent sales over over that time period and, and knowing that we can rely on that. So to me the the email and many chat list is where that comes from. I hope that gotcha. kind of makes some sense.
0: Yeah, and no, it, it totally does. And I'm glad you clarified that because yeah, and that's, that's what I meant. Like you build that email list, without driving anybody to sales at that point we're just giving them uh whether it's a piece of content whether it's uh again a contest whatever it is and then from there once we're ready we can send them to an email that would then drive them to uh, a little mini funnel that we have built uh, which would be to that product and then we're just trying to see what kind of uptake we have on that offer and what kind of upsells we have like all of that stuff in place is that correct
1: that's correct. That's 100% correct. And there's one other thing that we do uh, as well. We do run a Facebook ad uh, for that short period of time, just the people that are on that list. So gotcha. it's a it's a small small audience, but we're advertising because you're only going to get like a 30% at, at best open yep. rate. So yep. you can also target them uh, for a couple of days with a Facebook ad, but just those people, it's like just a very narrowly focused ad.
0: Right. So you're taking your email list. You're also then uh, probably uploading that into Facebook and then you're running an ad to those people.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Like if you remember, like I was saying, like when we kind of have that three tiered system of trying to get them, uh, get their email address, get them pixeled yep. or, uh, get, uh, get them on a many chat bot. And in some cases we can do all three, but almost always like we're, we're getting two of those things. So it's usually email and pixel, for many chatbot and pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we do that is like whatever, like I said, we're either doing a contest or we're giving uh, or we have an article or we're giving away, uh, a lead magnet, whatever it is, we can always get them to a page to, to deliver that content. That so page, pixel is where that you page. Pixel. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: And, and so anyone that's, that's listening right now that that might be over your head. What we're basically saying is, is, uh, there, there's a little piece of code, a little snippet that you can kind of put uh, to put on your page. Um, and then this way here, once someone hits that page, they'll automatically get added to a custom audience that's built inside of Facebook. And then from there, you can decide when or if you want to um, put an ad in front of those people. So even though they're on your email list, like Mike's saying, like sometimes you're gonna email that whole list and there's people that aren't email people. They're just they're not gonna open their emails. maybe they'll do it once a week. But they're on Facebook, you know, two hours, three hours, six hours a day. So, (laughs) (laughs) or more. Uh, So we're going to basically have two different ways that we can get in front of them. And sometimes it's even get in front of them on both. They see the email and then later that night they see the ad. So then that can do it. So, um, I'm curious on something like that, like what is like a success rate for you that you see it, you go, all right, we've got whatever a thousand or 3000 or 5,000 emails. Um, we go ahead and we we run something to a product. We got how many sales are you going to be like, you know what? I think
1: this is a go. So anything above 1% and we're pretty happy.
0: Okay. So yeah. basically it's, and that's some simple math. You know what I mean? So like guys just take your number of emails um, and then take 1% of that. And then that would be. Uh, that would be the number that if you got that. So uh, again, just keeping it simple, but I agree with you. And and some people get, they get, um, I guess, caught up in the conversion rates on Amazon. Like everyone's talking about like 10% or more, which a lot of times Mm -hmm. I'm hearing twenties and Um, thirties and people are, they're almost conditioned now because they haven't been in the, in the old online world or the normal online world, where if you got someone to your sales page and you got a 1% conversion, you were happy. Yep. Right. Nowadays, yep. it's like everybody's thinking 10% is low. Yep. Um, yeah, exactly. You know what I
1: mean, it's weird, right? But it, we know that the list is going to perform better once we do launch it on Amazon. That's always the thought process there. That's the point. And you're right. I do come from the, the traditional marketing world where even if you had a half a percent conversion rate on a lot of things, I mean, when I was in affiliate marketing, a 10th of a percent was actually pretty good uh, in some cases, but we had $300 CPAs that we were getting paid. So that was, that was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just depends on where you're at. But yeah, if you can convert 1% of your traffic uh, that you've built a list of people that are getting something for free, I mean, that's typically how you're getting their mm-hmm. email address. Yep. You're doing a contest. You're giving something away for free. You're giving them a piece of content that's free. You're giving them a lead magnet. It's all free. So you're, you're converting people that initially came to you because they wanted something for free. Right. Uh, and if you can convert them at a, at 1% at that point, you're doing really well. Like You're going to have a very successful product launch because what we do, I mean, we're trying to build tens of thousands or even get up to a hundred thousand email addresses that are, uh, w- which we're scrubbing all the time. If people aren't opening our emails, uh, we delete them. So trying to get a, a huge batch of emails that we will then, once a the product launches drip out over a period of time. Cause again, when you launch a product on Amazon, let, let's just say, uh, it, you know, you have a hundred potential sales to to get uh, from from your list. You don't want to get a hundred in one day. Right. That does nothing for you. Right. Like That just looks neat for one day. It's it's better to get three or four per day over twenty one days and sustain that. Uh, you'll get a, the new bestseller tag. You'll start to really build some traction uh, with an Amazon, get ranking organically, uh, and we find that that formula works so darn well that it's almost scary. And again, it's completely white hat it's just a ton of upfront work and investment that a lot of people are just like that's too much and, and they just give up on it which i think is a mistake because I, I think as i was saying off the top of the gimmicks of today only are the gimmicks of today and right. i promise you like that that's going to, to to change and this is a much longer approach and, and going to have more value eventually when you go to resell your business anyway
0: all right, so there is part one of that conversation, and we keep going and we keep digging into more of Mike's launch strategies, but then also product selection and just a lot of stuff that is involved in building a six-figure and a seven-figure business and brand on Amazon. We talk a little bit about what the future looks like and what things we believe will be good today and good tomorrow. So that will be part two. So that'll be episode 465. So definitely check that out, the continuation of this conversation. Uh, That one there will be probably around 35, 40 minutes. I believe our whole conversation was about an hour and a half. So I tried to break it up into two parts. So this way here, you guys could consume it and also not get overwhelmed because I think we can tend to get overwhelmed Uh, When you're going through all of this stuff that we're talking about here freely in this conversation, Um, I will remind you that if you wanted to attend our workshop where we walk you through the five-step process that we've recently used to launch a six-figure business in under 12 months, and it's heading towards seven figures as we speak, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And you can register there and we'll take you through kind of like a case study of us building this brand in 2017 and what we're doing now in 2018 to continue to build that brand. All right. If you want to connect with Mike, he has a podcast as well, Ecom Crew. Um, Check that out on iTunes. And I will also link all of his stuff up in the show notes to this episode at theamazingseller.com. Forward slash 464. And remember, there's going to be part two here. You're not going to want to miss that because, again, we go deeper into this conversation and might give some really good insights. And I think it's pretty interesting to listen to someone that has built multiple businesses not even just on Amazon but just he's been in this space for a long time like I have and it's really interesting to hear the thought process and a lot of the similarities uh, moving into physical products even when you started out as a digital products type person and his background is really in like buying domains and all of that stuff as well so he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. so you're definitely going to want to listen to the continuation of this episode which will be on 465. All right, guys, so that is going to wrap up this episode. Remember, hashtag TakeAction2018. That is going to be my thing here for 2018 to really get you guys geared up and ramped up and get out there to do something and to take action, all right, so that's it, guys. That's gonna wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud